and welcome to the Carnage Report, where we bring you the latest on all things horror, keeping you up to date with the news you can use. I'm Julie Holland. And I'm Nick Spacek. The Carnage Report is part of the Cinepunks podcast family. Go to Cinepunks.com to find entertainment news, reviews, and other great podcasts like Horror Business and Twitch of the Death Nerve. If you want to help support Cinepunks and ultimately this show, you can become a Cinepunks Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash cinepunks. That's C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X. Also, please go check out these great sponsors like Essex Coffee Roasters at essexcoffeeroasters.com. Uh, Essex Coffee Roasters offers specialty grade coffee roasted in to order for the most fresh and delicious home brewing experience. Essex is committed to accessible quality coffees, offering education on coffee and brewing to all of their customers. Essex Coffee Roasters believes you don't have to be a coffee expert to enjoy a great cup of coffee. Right now, if you go to that website and you use the code CINEPUNKS, you get 10% off. Also, check out Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. They're the premier screen printer of the Lehigh Valley, but also probably the world. They're personable, professional, and the only place where you can get punk rock attitude with professional service and printing. Go to xlvacx.com. Hey, we guessed it on a podcast. We uh, did. It was fun. It was so much fun. Uh, so uh, last week's episode of Nightmare Junkhead saw us talking with Greg and Genius about 1983's Eyes of Fire as part of their dive into folk horror. You can check them out on Twitter at Nightmare Junk, or you can go to BoomHowdy.com to listen to the episode. We both had uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, and it was a good time. And that movie is really, really worth your time. It seems a lot of folks seem to be checking it out right now because it's on Shutter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it popped up. It was really weird. Like right after that episode, it popped. Somebody was watching it um, uh, with their kids. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> their kids are like you know at least double digits. So oh okay okay fair. And if you like us, you'll you'll like Nightmare Junkhead. They delve into you know slightly older things. Uh, not so much the new horror that we do, but they do get into some new stuff too. But if you like us, you'll like them. And uh, I think we we tentatively agree that we will we will be back on the show um, early yeah. next year. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Mm-hmm. So for the setup this week, um, we're just going with a I, I think a question that is always in discussion uh, in horror circles, and that is. Who's your favorite final girl? I don't think it'll come as a surprise to know that my favorite final go- girl is Laurie Strode. Always and forever. Even after Halloween ends, it's still Laurie. <laughs> what, what, why her? I just think, I don't know. I feel like as a teen, I kind of related to her. I sort of had that same, like, was more likely to be babysitting or studying than out drinking and and talking to fellas that just didn't happen for me so you know there was that she's resourceful she's down to earth she tells the kids they're going to be okay as long as she's around and that's true spoiler if you've not seen the original halloween the kids (laughs) are fine uh yeah i mean and you know she handles michael as best she can in each encounter with him and always comes out on top stabs him in the eye with a coat hanger yeah and in the neck with a knitting needle. I feel that's very much on brand for you. It says inspiration. <laughs> How about you? Who's your final gr- favorite final girl? Um, This is sort of like a weird one. I was trying to figure that out. And I'm like, there are so many I like. But honestly, I think my favorite in 
is Max Cartwright from uh, The Final Girls, um, mm-hmm. which I feel is like maybe a little on the nose. But I feel like <laughs> I just the more I watch that movie, the more I love that movie um, because it's kind of like the perfect demonstration of like what you can do with PG-13 horror and also just like the relationship between her and her mom and like the friends and like all the different characters in there. I just feel like she's the, she, she got a chance to like learn who a final girl was and then apply that knowledge and turn it into something new. Um, And yeah, uh, Tessa Farmiga is just great in that movie. And I just, I, I just really, yeah, again, the more I watch it, the more I'm just like, man, she kicks ass. I, I do want to, I have a runner up, which is Jenny from Friday the 13th part two. Oh, yeah. Because of the way that she uses her psychology degree to like figure it out and get out of, get out of it, you know, by like she puts on that sweater that has definitely been rotting on a dead body and just goes for it to survive. Very good stuff she's yeah i feel like she's underrated and one of the you know the few like folks who survive and go on and every once in a while mm-hmm. somebody brings up like if they reboot the friday the 13th you know franchise or whatever uh like what people want to see and i saw somebody once be like they need to make a movie where it's the three like final final girls who like survive and then we like we never hear from them again mm-hmm. and it's like very much like a, a grady hendrix you know final girl support group but we find out like they've all been hanging out and like bonding and then they come back to like end it and i was like i'd watch that movie in a heartbeat heck yeah that'd be a good one maybe that's what they should do with the series although that's a prequel so i guess they can't Now it's time for The Gate. This is a new segment where we ask horror creators the same question. What was the horror that first hooked you? For this installment, we spoke with Travis Stevens, director of Girl on the Third Floor, Jacob's Wife, and A Wounded Fawn, the last of which hit Shutter December 1st. I'm Travis Stevens, and my gateway to horror was uh, um, Ken Hughes' uh, Night School, which I saw, I think, when I was seven or eight, and I was absolutely terrified. The set pieces were so imaginative, yet uh, grounded in the real world. It's about a serial killer who believes that in order to uh, make sure the spirit of the person you killed doesn't follow you, you have to put their head in water. So there's a bunch of sort of kills that end up with a head floating in water. And I watched it when we were moving into a new house and one of the kills, uh, the head gets put in a toilet And when we moved into the new house and I looked out my bedroom, it looked directly onto the bathroom toilet. And it was absolutely terrifying for a kid of uh, uh, seven years old. And it stuck with me. And every time I revisit the movie, it's like, I'm going to say it's an American giallo, uh, you know, even though the filmmaker, I think is, is British, but man, it is a fucking great movie.
Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview. Um, might be a tease for something coming up later. And now it is time for New Nightmares. Uh, that is our roundup of trailers, new to streaming, coming soon to theaters, so on and so forth. Uh, what's the first thing you got for us, Julie? I've got something that is simply a tease that we'll never probably get to see <laughs> the rest of. But Guillermo del Toro released the test footage of At the Mountains of Madness. And it's just a short little Instagram video. And it is so, I mean, it's a Lovecraft adaptation. So it is so like weird, gooey creature with a million arms. It is absolutely wild looking. And it's so unfortunate that that didn't happen. It was like from a decade ago, I think, an adaptation he was going to do with James Cameron as executive producer and Tom Cruise in the lead role. (laughs) I don't know what happened. Fell apart, I guess. There's a really there there's a book that came out uh, a few years ago called The Greatest Movies You'll Never See. It's unseen masterpieces by the world's greatest directors, and there's an entire chapter on uh, Del Toro's uh, At the Mountains of Madness that uh, it, it it makes it hurt even more. <laughs> oh, man, sigh, sigh. Speaking of a wounded fawn, um. The trailer um, just came out uh, last week or so, um, just after we recorded the last episode, actually, um, for Travis mm-hmm. Stevens' latest horror film. Uh, and it was premiered via Entertainment Weekly, which is so cool. Yeah. Uh, the plot, um, Bruce invites his new girlfriend, Meredith, for a nice relaxing weekend at a remote cabin in the woods. Great news for Meredith, except for Bruce also happens to be a serial killer. Um, Stevens describes the film to Entertainment Weekly as a hallucinogenic cocktail of Greek mythology, surrealistic paints, paintings, and 1970s genre cinema. Um, it's crazy. It's shot on 16 millimeter. Um, uh, and this, if this trailer doesn't make you want to see it after, like, if you've seen Jacob's Wife and you've seen Girl on the Third Floor, um, you should definitely want to see this anyway. But mm-hmm. yeah, maybe. this film is wild. And I think that description that Travis Stevens gave is like spot on. I mean, obviously he made the movie, he know, but that description is really what you get. And the poster also for this is really cool with this like owl creature thing. And then the sna- it's, it's cool. It's a cool poster. Looks like stage fright. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Next up. And I don't think we said it in the last one, but Wounded Fawn stars Josh Rubin. So let's move into another josh rubin picture i believe he's in this one right uh blood relatives he's not in the little clip i don't think that it's not a trailer but a clip was released um so this is like a the this scene is the aftermath of a vampire dad having been reunited with his daywalker daughter and they decide to be a family and speed off to cover their tracks after the daughter has done some vampire murdering or feeding, you know, I don't know. However you want to feel about what vampires do. Um, you know, as I've said a million times already on this very short time we've had a podcast, vampires are having a moment. <laughs> and this, this is another vampire thing. It looks really fun. It's uh, directed by Noah Segan, who also is uh, the lead in it. And it'll be streaming on Shutter on November 22nd. So by the time you hear this, you will be able to watch it. Um how do you feel about this clip, Nick? Uh, I, I think it looks really, really fun. And uh, I'm kind of excited about like this, what seems to be 
like actors you wouldn't quite expect making movies mm-hmm. like because i mean no segan's been in a bunch of stuff like i mean he's in brick he was in dead girl which is like a really god that movie's fucked up uh <laughs> he's in looper he's in starry eyes um uh, he's, he's one of those Mohawk. actors that like maybe i would never name but every time i see him in something i'm like oh hey oh, yeah i like him, him. yeah yeah hey that guy yeah so yeah. i'm uh like i mean he looks i mean it's weird seeing him play a dad but i feel like we're yeah. getting to that point uh, I mean, in our lives where actors yeah. we like are like oh they're the dad oh fuck oh yeah <laughs> yeah i wish it was more of a trailer so i could get a true vibe of it but it's still even the clip would look pretty fun the dynamic of the two looked really fun i am i i don't know how you feel about this but i'm always very confused like when they put out a clip of a movie before they put out the trailer. Like, I always feel like that should be re- reversed. Yeah. Cause it's like, how are we supposed to frame that in our minds? Like I don't have any context for what's happening here. It's just a clip from the middle of a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. However, we do have a trailer and a poster now for Joe Bagos's new movie, Christmas, bloody Christmas. Um, it's a uh, it's an animatronic uh, Santa Claus that goes on a murder spree. Um, What's not to love? Uh, the poster looks exactly like it looks exactly like a, I want it to. <laughs> and yeah. The tagline is "You better not cry," um, <laughs> which is amazing. Um, yeah, and uh, if you watch the trailer, I don't think it's a spoiler to say, and we discussed this when we were on uh, Nightmare Junkhead, uh, the the fact that, like, they full-on, like, show that they, like, axe murder a kid in the trailer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. It's gonna be not just a clever name. It looks like a bloody Christmas. I haven't actually seen uh, VFW by Joe Bagos, but I have seen Bliss, and I loved that, and... I think he's developing a real reputation for just cutting people to pieces. Yeah, no, VFW, it like makes Bliss seem tame in terms of violence. That's what uh, I've heard. But <laughs> yeah, um, and um, yeah, it, it, I, I heard about this movie for the first time, literally uh, standing out in front of the bottleneck, listening to the guy who scored it, just like explain it. He was like, uh wow. Steve Moore um who um plays bass and synth for for the band Zombie has scored like a bunch of Joe Bagos stuff. Oh nice. And, um yeah he he was just like yeah it's about this robot Santa Claus that goes on a killing spree and I was like when's that coming? He's like it'll be here before Christmas and so I've just been impatiently waiting to see this movie for it. A ruthless heavy metal Saint Nick himself. I know. All right, another trailer and a complete shift of gears. But since we were talking about folk horror earlier, we have a new tra- trailer from Neon. And I don't know exactly how to say this, so I'm going to try it and then I'm going to spell it for you. Maybe it's Inysmin or Inysmin, E-N-Y-S-Min. It is very much a folk trailer. It is, I'm looking to make sure I get this right. I believe it's shot on film, mm-hmm. 16 millimeter. Yes. So it, and it, it, you can tell and in a good way it's very 70s looking it has that that definite vibe that you want for a folk horror movie i think uh the plot is a wildlife volunteer on an uninhabited island off the british coast descends into a terrifying madness that challenges her grip on reality and pushes her into a living nightmare evoking the feeling of discovering a reel of never before seen cel- seen celluloid unspooling in a haunted movie palace 
this provocative and masterful vision of horror asserts Mark Jenkins as one of the UK's most exciting and singular filmmakers. Boy, what a good PR team. I know. And also, like, I love the idea that not only did they shoot it on 16 millimeter, they used a camera from the 70s. And then they did all of the audio afterwards. So you get like that weird sort of slightly hallucinatory vibe. Yeah. The 1970s clockwork Bolex camera, for those of you who might know what that means. Uh, We don't know when we're getting it yet. 2023 is all we know. But find that trailer if you want. I don't think it probably spoils anything because I still can't tell what's going on. But (laughs) I'm excited for it whenever it gets here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm really happy we got the trailer for Freeze um, in the last week as well. It's popped up a couple times when people have been talking about, you know, like Lovecraftian horror and all of that. Um, it's the new movie from director Charlie Steeds. It is called Freeze. Um, it's coming uh, this winter um, from Dark Temple Motion Pictures. Um it won the the HP Lovecraft Film Festival Best Film Award, um, and the plot is on a rescue mission to the North Pole to retrieve an old friend and his lost expedition crew. Captain Mortimer gets more than he bargained for when his ship is frozen into the ice sheet and set upon by bloodthirsty fish creatures. Mortimer and his surviving crew flee the ship, beginning a treacherous journey to find safety in the frozen, desolate wilderness. Um, yeah, the, they use the phrase mountains of madness in the trailer. So, um, <laughs> like, uh, and there are some very, you know, they do not hesitate to show you the creatures in this trailer. No, so if you don't want to see them, don't seek it out because they show you and they are goofy looking. And I mean that as a compliment, <laughs> they, it gave me, um, land of the lost feels very slee stack. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're they're also featured prominently on the poster. So if you search for it, you will see them. Uh, mm-hmm. Evidently, they only had. I was reading something about this, and they only had a couple of costumes, and yet evidently they make it look like there's hordes, and uh, nice. it's evidently very impressive. Although I hear the CG is a little iffy, but yeah. um, I, I I still want to see it. It looks fun. I love the tagline. It's not just the frost that bites. <laughs> you gotta be careful with uh taglines like that because that sets you if it's a bad movie Ooh. it's not just the frosted yeah. bites it's also this movie <laughs> i'm excited for it though yeah it looks good all right next trailer last trailer lullaby it is directed by uh john r leonetti who directed annabelle it will be in theaters and on demand December 16th. And we have a trailer for it. The trailer looks really cool. Um, I don't see much of a synopsis. Okay, here we go. A new mother who discovers a lullaby in an ancient book and soon regards the song as a blessing. But her That's who it follows. But her world transforms into a nightmare when the lullaby brings forth the ancient demon Lilith. Uh, the trailer definitely gives us some demon baby, which... That got me. I was like, whoa, the human baby. <laughs> I'm very curious about this movie because it seems like it's the same plot of the movie, the book by Chuck Palahniuk called Lullaby, which is also oh. about like uh, a, a woman who starts singing a song and discovers that um, it's a little different. It doesn't summon a demon. It just like kills people. It's a culling song. But oh. yeah, I, I read the synopsis and I was like, 
well, maybe it's just the synopsis that I watched the trailer and I was like, whoops. I think if if this isn't based on that book, somebody's going to get sued real hard. Yikes. Well, I guess time will tell on that one. Shit, though. It does. There's some good makeup, you know, like I said, Demon Baby, which was definitely CG. I definitely didn't put makeup on a baby, but <laughs> I wish they had because that would be hilarious. <laughs> and yet another, like, people are killing it with taglines uh for these uh and for lullaby it is have you checked the baby yeah (laughs) i'm just like man pr people you are doing your job so well yeah some people are really earning their paychecks this week good for them Mm -hmm. Uh, it's making me want to see all these movies so i mean yeah uh so finally um out last weekend as we record this um is Jordan Peele's Monkey Paw Productions launched a podcast. It is called Quiet Part Loud. Um, It is a horror podcast. It is 12 episodes long, and they're all streaming now on um, Spotify exclusively. Um, There's a very long uh, podcast uh, like summary here, but... Uh, suffice it to say, uh, conservative radio personality Rick Egan lost his platform in the wake of 9-11 for spreading xenophobic rumors surrounding a group of missing Muslim teenagers. Eight years later, a washed up Rick is slumming it on the convention circuit when a mysterious woman presents a tantalizing revelation. One of the missing teens is back, and this sends Rick on a quest for vindication as he follows a trail of unfathomable events. Um, I listened to all of this, actually. Um, yeah. It, it's great because it's um co-written by uh clay mcleod chapman uh which i am very excited about um like the the cast is amazing uh and if nothing else it is worth listening to um because it's very terrifying um it's very weird to have these very terrifying experiences uh interrupted by ads Oh, (laughs) like simply safe. I guess that's like watching something on a comet. (laughs) Yeah, but um, yeah, no, the the uh, Rick Egan is played by uh, Tracy Letts, um, who is, I believe, worth noting, a Pulitzer Prize winning playwright, uh, because he's the one who uh wrote August Osage County, um, and his performance as Rick Egan is just it's you understand like the the whole plot of this is that they 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 want him for his voice and when you hear him like really like do his radio thing man it's and they stick the landing that's all i'll say like i feel like a a lot of things like this don't really like that the last episode ends up being a real letdown and this one is Mm -hmm. it's so great yeah i'm gonna have to check that out i uh I don't regularly Spotify, so that's the only reason I haven't started yet. It's like, well, I'm gonna have to go out of my comfort zone and Spotify. <laughs> I recommend it. I, it's 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 worth it. Um, I and uh, I hope it. Like, there are not a lot of fiction podcasts out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially horror ones. Yeah. All right, that's it. But you can't shoot that can. I could. Easy. Let me shoot them. As if. What is it? It's a bear. Are you right? Told you, I'm a good shot. 
This place is like a ghost town. Peng? What other crap hole are you living in? I think Peng is awesome. What's up? What's up? TNT! He's only TNT because he's the bomb. <laughs> They came here to hunt us. But what they don't know is that we're the best hunters there is. Let's go hunting. I liked him first. He was talking to me. Fine. Can we go back to hunting a blood-sucking alien? Now it's time for our feature presentation. And for this episode, we watched Flashback, directed by Nyla Inukasuk. Inukasuk? Inukasuk. Yes. Uh, in this movie, Micah and her ragtag group of friends discover an alien invasion in their tiny Arctic hamlet, and it's up to them to fight back using makeshift weapons and horror movie knowledge. Mm -hmm. It's been it's fun. Oh, go ahead. And it is now streaming on Shutter. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't watched it, go watch it. We probably won't spoil anything, but best to watch it and come back. Yes. Uh, it's been fun reading reviews of this. <laughs> yeah, I checked out a few and it's like everyone's trying to be gentle. And I guess maybe we should just get the elephant out of the room right away, which is they cast actors from a local village. That's awesome. That's really cool. And they're all, you know, First Nations peoples. Cool. They can't act then it's not good the acting is not good i'm sorry i graded on a curve and it's still and it's children that's fine it is I, what it is as, as near as i can tell with the exception of the cop officer lefebvre the uh white cop. the hmm? the white cop yes the white cop officer lefebvre uh played by sean benson and uh the um the scientist uh, at the beginning, played by Christian Brune, a.k.a. Mm -hmm. Donnie from Orphan Black. Um, I was very excited to see him. Um, like, they're all, none of these people are, like, professional actors. Yeah. Um, including the adults. Right. And it's a little easier to deal with with the kids. Yeah. Because the adults the, were worse. At the the adults were the adults were worse, and uh, you know I don't want to start out like it, it sucks to start out on like this sort of tone, but like it does. But it's it's better to just get it out of the way. Yeah. But the like kids, it doesn't make it a bad movie. No, but there are moments that I was like, I'm out of this for a little bit. Like I'm just okay, okay. I'm back in. I'm back into accepting what we're working with, and we're back in. And there's a lot of great stuff in this movie. It's just that the acting isn't on that list. No, but the kids like definitely give it their all and yeah. they see like they're having a blast. Yeah. Like there's no uh while the acting skills may be low, there's no 
awkwardness in like any of the action. There's no awkwardness in them delivering their lines. Like even if they don't quite nail the presentation, they're at least delivering them with enthusiasm and like the appropriate level of excitement or intensity mm -hmm. that's needed. Um, and uh, like in the end, you you are really rooting for these kids because the at least the script as written like you get the sense of like this being like no matter how small a town you've come from you've never been come from a town this small right and isolated <clears throat> yeah yeah it's yeah they they definitely are having fun with it they definitely i mean as far as kid actors go even with no acting experience they're probably not the worst kid actors i've ever seen true so there's that it's just that it's entire, you know, they could have used maybe one or two real actors to kind of anchor it a little bit. But I like that they did what they did because I like the reason, you know, I like the idea of just using that village and the people in it. it it's I mean, good God, like how many, you know, bad movies from the 70s and 80s uh, have I watched on Tubi? um that were done the same thing but they're just you know with like white people in texas yeah or just you know even not even old movies they're newer movies with just <laughs> low budget that are clearly just a group of friends who like no one can act but we wanted to make a movie so so yeah you can't you can't totally fault it like if that's something that's going to bother you I, it's going to bother you here but if you can get past it, it it's worth it um and what's what's fun about it is like it is it is a fun movie like you get the sense that all of these kids are really friends mm -hmm. like they yeah. they know each other in their interactions um and like pretty much like from the beginning like it's just it's kids trying to find fun and then finding an alien invasion that is uh getting ready to take over their town and they're the only ones who can fight back because yeah. all the adults are off at a dance and drunk yeah um, which sounds like a pretty cool town honestly there's yeah just I, know. A dance. I don't there's no there's no dance in kansas city i can go to and just be drunk and dancing with my friends rude I feel bad for the 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 guy who plays the squeeze box at the dance because like it's like <laughs> but when does he get to dance like yeah if he's the one playing the music um no like, the aliens look legit oh, I gotta say yeah like here's the thing like this acting aside this is a movie that you watch it and the the alien design is not super complicated um. They, the CG works for the most part, but like the way the aliens move, regardless of like what they've taken over, mm -hmm. is just like when you see that polar bear, like which is, is your first glimpse, it's it's unsettling. Yes, unsettling as fuck. You're like, what is wrong with that bear? Even as someone who's only seen a polar bear in the zoo, I know they don't walk like that. <laughs> Like what is going on with that thing? Also, and then uh, when the, they get into people, even weirder. Oh, the the way their faces look. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, it's oh, it's it's like a skin mask on the raw. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And then when the mask comes 
off towards the end. I legitimately like was sitting on the couch this morning watching that. And like when one of the like basically people's faces come off and you see the alien underneath, like I like my reaction was just oh, holy shit. Like, yeah, I think I said, oh, no. Yeah, I scared. I scared scared the cats and tawny and i were just both like we went from like sitting to all of a sudden like arms wrapped around knees <laughs> like just good yeah it's real like creepy crawly lots of tentacle arm thingies yeah it's it's very tentacly uh i mean like very very uh up front um like they 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 present the plot of the thing mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah dialogue so uh i it's not like they introduce it in the script so i don't i don't yeah. think it's going off base to to bring like if you like the thing you're gonna like this because it very definitely nods to it yeah and while not being the same thing it's not there's never any question who's infected you know because they're acting real weird and their faces look real weird yeah like and um the the plot is essentially like you know these girls going through and dealing with you know be like they're they're just becoming teenagers and things like that and they're dealing with like living in this very isolated small community and like mm-hmm. butting up you know some of them are butting up against you know traditions and uh, especially like I, I I guess uh Micah um is supposed to be our protagonist um because she's yeah. shown in the prologue um where like and her dad's the hunter so and all of that but um and then she's got her friends um Jesse, Uki and Lena um but I uh, and then also uh Micah's uh little sister um who is adorable and wonderful and as soon as she was introduced i did not want anything to happen to her and was going yeah. to be very upset if something did um but i feel like uki is like really kind of the like she's not the protagonist but she's the hero of the story if that makes yeah. any sense yeah absolutely she's she's the one where you're just like oh i like her <laughs> like... yeah she's like the spunky one mm-hmm. yeah Who's, you know, we got to make, we got to make two with what we've got. Let's just do this. Yeah. Yeah. Also, another star of the movie, so to speak, is just the location. Like, oh, it's God. so scenic, so gorgeous. Every shot is just beautiful. It's like a travel video with kids fighting aliens. <laughs> yeah, I guess this is on the Atlantic coast, like north of uh, Newfoundland. Um, oh, Okay takes place uh up in canada and um what's what's great uh, about this movie is i think this is the first movie i've seen in a while that like is legitimately kind of like gross and terrifying but it's not like it's it's very much like it's a perfect like pg-13 movie in that like this is exactly the sort of movie that you're just like you have like friends who have kids uh, who are like 12 or 13 and they're like i want to watch something with them but it's like not too much and it's like oh no this is great mm-hmm. like it's got kids in it they're fun like the special effects don't look like shit um yeah. most of the blood is alien blood and it's black oh and it looks so cool i don't yeah. know i don't know why but like the blood spatter in this movie is just it's so well done which is a very <laughs> weird thing to compliment a movie about but not yeah. on this podcast 
Oh, but yeah, no, like it was a movie that, yeah, it is definitely like kind of, it's kind of rough around the edges. Um, but like these kids like give it their all and like the, like they're, they're little badasses. Yeah, absolutely. When they gear up to go hunting, like, um, it's amazing. Yeah, I'm sure this is part of the culture, but they all have so many friggin' wild looking blades in their house. Oh like so God. many different knives and swords and curvy blades and spears and yeah, like so many ways to cut someone in that are not things we normally see. Yeah, no, it's it's just uh like it looks amazing it sounds great there's a ton of like i want the soundtrack to this movie so oh, the soundtrack is rad um i cannot remember the name i am trying to find this on and see if it's like at the beginning it said music by hallucination yeah they're formerly they used to be then when they first came around they used to be called a tribe called red and they are oh. uh they're like a, a native EDM group. Um, the I'm song that plays over the credits, I was like, I'm kind of sticking around to make sure there's not a stinger, but also because I just like this song and I want to hear the whole thing. Yeah, like they're really, they're fantastic. Um, and the woman who does like the all the singing and stuff, like mm -hmm. my wife actually was just like, I think that's so-and-so. And just like, it, then her name pops up on screen. Um, nice. Uh, cool. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, the music, the music is fantastic. It looks great. Like, I feel like there is so much fun going on in this movie that like just ig ignore any problems you have with the acting and just kind of like just accept the fact that like kids are gonna be kids. Um mm -hmm. and it's it just ride with it. It yeah, it's so much fun. And you know, this is the first feature for Nyla and Uksuk. Like this is a first feature so i feel like this is this is one to watch you know you do that good on your first outing of a feature-length film of just like the effects and the the you know yeah the people she pulled in to like sort of do everything around the 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 the, the actual like acting on screen is just mm -hmm. superb yeah so yeah. yeah go watch it it's on shutter you have no reason not to yep if you're listening to this you have shutter you're already paying for it go watch it you'll have a blast yeah uh so um recommendations as to what else you should watch all right what i have is blood quantum this is from a couple years ago it's another um indigenous people led directed and starring in this movie and it's but it's a uh it's um a zombie situation so it's got a lot of the same uh, overarching themes, but with zombies instead of aliens. And then also for kids defending what, where they live and what they love, Vampires versus the Bronx, which I'm sure I've mentioned on here before, because <laughs> I think we both find that one really fun. So those are my two recommendations. Uh, rest in peace, by the way. We didn't mention oh, yes. this when it happened, um, but the director of Blood Quantum, uh, Jeff Barnaby, died about a month ago, um, unfortunately. Such a um, huge loss because yeah. there's so much talent there. Had no idea he had cancer. Like, he was like one of those people, like, I didn't know, but definitely interacted with on, on Twitter here and there. Uh, and 
man like he went down fighting mm-hmm. um also check out his first movie rhymes for young ghouls um oh, i haven't seen that one uh, along the lines of vampires versus the bronx and probably the movie that inspired both that and <laughs> this one is uh attack the block um probably more like sci-fi action than horror but like if you want to see like a uh, baby john boyega with a samurai sword fighting aliens in a housing block in london uh you and also like a very stone nick frost um <laughs> highly recommend like it's so much fun furry and, aliens that look like giant critters with glow in the dark teeth and evidently john boyega loves that like he loves that movie and had so much fun making it he keeps like that he anytime somebody's like oh what about a sequel he's like yeah i do it oh so, that would be amazing oh it'd be so good with him like older just getting out of prison oh it'd be yes good. uh but also and then uh another uh indigenous uh horror is uh the movie mohawk from our your friend and mine uh director ted geegan um he is uh co-written uh by another favorite uh grady hendrix um it has uh it stars uh tio horn uh who you probably know as tanis uh if you watch letter kenny um and also noah segan so there we go, oh, uh, bringing it and... all back around uh, in its uh, like action horror um, period piece. Period piece, and it's a blast. Yeah. Um. So we're going to talk about another movie that we saw. <laughs> we can't resist. We have to do it because <laughs> like I think we just would we we've got some extra time on this episode, and I think we just and honestly gosh. it was like in the running to be picked, but I had a lot going on this weekend and wasn't sure I was going to get to the theater, so we didn't want to roll the dice even though you know we have been so excited about the menu the menu Uh, directed by mark mylod written by seth reese (laughs) and will tracy um this is a movie um i think it's really actually for the best that we didn't do an entire episode on this because um, there's not much we can say there's not much we can say and here's the thing don't read any reviews no don't like the trailers are fine because um I spent most of the week leading because we're recording this on a Sunday. This came out in theaters uh Thursday slash Friday. And I spent most of the week uh telling people who were getting all excited about it uh what it wasn't about. Yeah. It's not <laughs> what you think. And every single guess was wrong. It was yep. great. I was like, nope, 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 no, no, nope. Um as someone who worked in food service for a dozen years, it was so satisfying in so many ways. It was like, maybe not to this level, but I relate a lot to the staff. I relate to the staff. Um, it is yet another stellar performance by Anya Taylor-Joy, and this might be my favorite thing I've seen her in thus far. Oh, no. But yes, uh, this is my favorite thing she's ever done. Yeah. So excellent in it. Flawless American accent. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, every like if you if you are familiar whatsoever with like high end food uh, and things like that, you like this is it is a black comedy that like, yeah, I think is aimed at a very like. I think everybody will enjoy this movie. But I think if you've worked in food service, if you are familiar with like haute cuisine and things like that you will mm-hmm. hackle madly yeah. 
I saw one review, just one, the person just had one small complaint that maybe the characters weren't fleshed out enough. And I thought maybe, but I think that was the point. Mm-hmm. Like the point was there's the actor, the finance bros, the, you know, like everybody just had like their rich people role. They didn't need, you didn't need more. And like, it, it, I totally understand who each of these people are. And I think anybody who has worked food service, retail, any sort of like customer service thing where there are people who are, it's the perfect, like the way this is, it's the perfect mix of like regulars and like people who just have money to throw around Mm -hmm. and you don't, there are people like, I feel like, you know, if you have regulars anywhere, like you have names for some people and other times you just have like things you call them. Yes. Um. Uh, worth noting that um, John Leguizamo as the actor um, <laughs> evidently based his performance on Steven Seagal. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> the more I learn mm. about this movie, the more I like it. Yeah. Like, the, more I, the, the more there is to love. Like just watching it. Like um, in the scenes with food, like you will watch this and there's a scene where they make a dish um and uh i i everyone i have talked to about this is just like they it it is the most delicious looking version of this thing you will ever see in your life yeah it I, i'm still thinking about it it is the platonic ideal yes yeah it's and when they're making this upscale cuisine there's actually there have been reruns i think on the travel channel of anthony bourdain's no reservation lately so i've been watching those and i keep seeing the same one i think it's from france but i'm it it might be some some one of the european countries where he goes to a restaurant that's like this it's like a five six course four hour experience with these foods that are like foam and and these you know uh what do you call it like gels yeah but the the experience of gastro scientific you know uh, they're molecular making food. gastronomy there you go that's it they're they're making food with these techniques that are not things that you can get anywhere and that's kind of what this restaurant's doing too so because i've seen that episode of no reservations a couple of times recently because it keeps playing i'm like this anthony bourdain would eat here (laughs) hopefully (laughs) on a different night but yeah he would have eaten here (laughs) yeah it's um it's 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 it is a movie that it, it will delight and surprise you at every turn and even when you get to the scenes and images you've seen in the trailer um i feel like you will just be like oh oh i was very wrong about that and i am delighted yeah yeah you're gonna love it if you can get to the theater and see it do so if not put a put a pin in it so that the minute it becomes available streaming you gotta see it uh yes go see it my cat is also insisting that you go see it <laughs> uh, welcome to the podcast, Busy. So, uh, yeah, that is uh, an enthusiastic uh, two movies that we yeah. both. Yeah, bonus. You didn't know you were getting on this episode. And now it's time for I'll Be Right Back, where we talk about what we have 
coming up in the next week, which should be weird because it's Thanksgiving. Exactly. Um, what do you have? You have anything in particular coming up? Mm, I'm just gonna like try to make it through work and spend my time watching movies uh they've added a bunch of really fun stuff to tubi lately and i went on like a tear last weekend or so i can't even remember what it was i just had like a free evening and tanya was like uh doing a bunch of stuff down in the basement and so i watched like slime city and, uh neon maniacs and bloody muscle bodybuilder in hell <laughs> Uh, like back to back to back and I'm just like I I'm going to try to find an evening this week to do that and also um trying to pare down my list for the vinegar <laughs> syndrome uh and Severin Black Friday sales mm. because uh, that's usually when I like go crazy buying a bunch of movies like that I will then take a a Tell the next sale to have watched all of them. Yep. <laughs> they always have like two things they don't announce until the sale starts. So I'm very curious as to what that's going to be. And uh, of course, uh trying to watch part of the uh MST3K Turkey Day Marathon, despite being oh. not at out. Like that was the best part about hosting Thanksgiving at our house last year is that I literally watched it until people showed up. Nice. And then as soon as the last person left, turned it on again. <laughs> get out of here so i can watch my tv exactly (laughs) (laughs) um i don't have anything specific i'm just living through the horrors of family gatherings you know standard stuff but i'm kidding i i like my family that i see on thanksgiving (laughs) caveat um uh yeah so that should be fun i maybe i'll get in my annual viewing of thanks killing Ooh. You guys need a, a good real bad. Speaking of movies where the acting is terrible because it's just a group of friends making a movie, Thanksgiving. My <laughs> recommendation for your Thanksgiving movie night: don't watch it with the family, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, like uh, I will also have my annual Thanksgiving viewing of Blood Rage. Yes, if you're in the Kansas City area, I believe Screenland shows it maybe on Thanksgiving or somewhere thereabouts. They they definitely pull that one out of the mothballs every year. That's and, not uh, cranberry sauce. <laughs> and also they have their annual I, I don't know if they if they're having it this year or not. I haven't heard anything about it, but they usually have a Black Friday. Oh yeah. Uh, the chopping uh, mall. Chopping mall. Yeah. Which I have never gone to because the drive to get there and back is twice as long as the movie itself. Yes. And I think they usually play that one late because it's a yeah. fr- I think they'll do it as Friday night fright, which starts at 9 30. And that's that's late for starting a movie when you're coming from Lawrence, especially. And that movie's like an hour and fifteen minutes long. Yeah. And available to watch all kinds of places. You have to make On the drive. Ray in my living room. Yeah, there you go. Um, I mean, worthwhile if you have that at home. You're not in Kansas City area. Pull that out. Yes. I don't know. I don't know where you can see it, but I know last year my first movie review for Downright Creepy was Black Friday, starring Bruce Campbell, and I think a lot of people didn't like it, but I thought it was really fun. So I still haven't seen that. It's. I thought it was fun. Oh, maybe yeah, I'll another watch alien that. situation. Ooh. Yeah. Toy Store, Toy Store Mayhem. Devin Sawa is in it. I don't know. What's not to love? <laughs> <laughs> well, so that's what we've got going on. Uh, what you should have going on is emailing us at carnagereportpod at gmail.com to get a sticker. Um, it's the holidays. Uh, what better thing to stocking stuff than uh, giving someone free stickers you got from a podcast? Uh, so yeah. email us and we'll uh, 
give you an address to send a self-addressed stamped envelope and we get it we'll slap a sticker in it and send it to back to you Mm -hmm. all right thanks for listening you can also find us at twitter and instagram at report carnage if you have any suggestions if you want to share your thoughts your feelings you want to tell us your spooky thanksgiving traditions um or how you felt about the menu or slash back we'd love to hear it if you have any ideas on what we should watch next we're definitely starting to gear up for some christmas horror episodes so if there's anything you want to hear about let us know and all the music in this episode i'm going to do it this week because nick always does this one because it's his brother steve spacek did all of our music and you can find him on instagram at starling woodworks and at nodder.bandcamp.com and nick where can they find you on social media they can find me on Twitter for as long as it lasts uh, <laughs> at Nuthouse Punks. You can find me on Instagram at Nicklaus Mouse. Uh, you can find my reading at my reading. You can find my writing at uh, The Pitch uh, in Kansas City as well as Starburst Magazine, where I actually just have an interview with the one and only Colin Stetson about his music for the menu. Um, it was a really fun conversation. Um, I uh, hope you go check it out at starburstmagazine.com. And I've got an interview with Travis Stevens about a wounded fawn coming to the pitch. And you can find that at thepitchkc.com. Exciting. If you're looking for me, I'm Dark Humor Girl anywhere you're looking. where Whatever social media still exists, that's the name I try to use. So you should be able to find me there if someone doesn't swoop it on whatever new platform comes up. And uh, you can find my writing at downrightcreepy.com and modernhorrors.com. And I have nothing new to report in either spot because horror news has slowed down. So thanks for listening. We'll be back next episode with another roundup of the latest news in horror where we talk Travis Stevens, a wounded fawn. What's We're that doing about? it. What's that about? It's about a serial killer bringing an unsuspecting new victim on a weekend getaway to add another body. Uh, so that comes out on December 1st. So between now and then take a look at it and then you can listen to our episode. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. You're going to like that one guys. Oh, so thank you everyone for listening and we'll be back at you in two weeks. Yay. Thanks everyone. Bye.